Hello everyone, it's your girl Teresa and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. My name is Teresa Reese and I am your host. Y'all know how we do it. I'm going to start with a poem from my book of poetry and it is entitled A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And the name of this poem is called No More. Yes. I can see that this really hurts me to notice you don't feel the same. I will not pretend, but my heart must mend as you leave me in so much pain. These circumstances aren't considered the norm. We have compromised so much and so soon. While I try my best to keep hope alive, it's harder when you're on the move. You keep promising me this, then promising me that, while the whole time all I want is you. I didn't ask you for anything other than your time, which you couldn't even give me. So what should I do? No more sitting here, wondering, guessing, waiting. It's finally time for me to dismiss you. No more precious time wasted. No more lame excuses. And so tonight I wanted to talk about a lot, actually. It's ironic that that is the poem that I found um, right before I actually started my podcast on tonight. I, I noticed how spiritual warfare works. I'm very much aware of spiritual warfare and how it works. Um, And there were a couple of things that occurred right before I was getting ready to get on to do my podcast. And how I know that God is up to something great is when you start to face adversity. So when I start seeing adversity on the left and on the right, unexpected blows here, darts being thrown there, I know that God is up to something. And I know that the devil is mad. And so one thing I know to also do is not to let go of his unchanging hand. But I literally am glad that the point that I initially was going to read, that that's not the point that I turned to on tonight. No more is suitable for what it is that I wanted to talk about. So even though I am a divorced single mother, I have been married before. And although my marriage did not work, I still believe in marriage. So when I hear about certain relationships and I hear whenever certain people that I'm very close to that they're going through turmoil in the relationship, my heart goes out to them because I know that marriage can be a beautiful thing. And I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, there's something about sharing your life with your purpose partner. There's something about sharing your life with someone that you know has your best interest at heart. 
But there are some marriages where we put those marriages together. That they were not necessarily God ordained. And then we wonder why there is so much turbulence in the relationship. Now, what could have initially attracted us to each other could have very well been the physical surface. But because there were no roots that took place, because there was no ordination, God-like ordination, a godly ordination that took place in that relationship, whenever the turbulence starts to manifest, it's hard to grab hold of something when there was no true foundation. And a lot of times, I know, let me speak from my experience. What I recognized when I was in my marriage, one of the main reasons why I did not want to release that marriage is because I did not want the church folk to say, I knew it wasn't going to last. I didn't want to be that person that people would kind of look to the left and be like, see, I, I knew it. I knew it. I knew when they got together. I knew it wasn't going to last. I didn't want to be the person that ended up having a relationship that did not last, a marriage that did not last. I did not want to be labeled a divorcee. But when I look over that experience, I was willing to go through so much hell for the sake of looking good in front of people that didn't even care about me. And so right before I came on the podcast, I was having a very intense conversation. I was offering an ear to one of my dearest, closest friends. And as I listened to some of the things that have manifested in wedlock, I had to ask the question because this is a question that I asked myself when I was going through deciding whether or not I should stay in that marriage. And my question was, did God tell you that he was your husband? Now, I'm not saying that let's say you start off a relationship And God did not tell you that that was your spouse, but you're in it now and you're in it to win it, so to speak, that he can't breathe and blow on that situation and bless it. I'm not saying that. But the reason why I ask the question is because what I recognized when I was in my marriage is that I wanted to be married. I even spoke that I would be married by the end of the year. During that time. But although I prayed for a husband. I never asked God if he was my husband. But because he had the husband conversation. I leaned on my own understanding. And said I do. And we were not equally yoked. And because I said I do. I said I do to all the hell I went through. And we are now more on one accord 
as divorcees than we were when we were in wedlock. We did the traditional, it's better to marry than to burn with passion. So we didn't consummate our relationship prior to us being together. But let me be 100. We also didn't court for a long period of time either. We met in August. We were married in September. So we literally dated for four weeks before we got married. And it's only by, it's literally by some happenstance that we lasted as long as we did for six and a half years. And have two beautiful children because of our mistake. But at the same time, a lot of the stuff that we went through, I truly believe we would not have had to go through had we both waited for God to confirm if whether or not we were meant to be together. And so as I listened to the situation and I listened to how there was a lack of love, a lack of ministry, a lack of God getting the glory. I thought about when I was married the first time, the only time. And I was like, God really didn't get the glory in that situation for so many reasons. I didn't know how to minister love to that man. I didn't know how to edify him. All I knew how to do was have sex with him. I didn't know how to speak into his dreams. I didn't know how to speak into his life. I didn't know how to cast down the strongholds. I didn't know how to speak to the child within him. I didn't know how to listen. I didn't even know how to fully submit. I didn't know myself and I didn't want to know him and we brought innocent lives into that marriage my children didn't ask to be here but they're here now and we fought more than we ministered love. And the stuff that we fought about was so petty. It had no real true value. Like there was no reason to really fight other than the fact that we just, we didn't have enough in common to find our common goals and to do things together collaboratively as husband and wife. So literally it became like sleeping with the enemy, literally. But it was so much that we went through during the course of that relationship that I truly believe could have been avoided had we just taken the time to fast and pray. Had we just taken the time to truly ask, is this who you have for me, God? And waited for the answer. But because he fit what I believed I wanted, because I was trying to prove a point to someone I actually still was entangled with, who still had my heart, 
But because I was trying to prove a point to him that even though you wouldn't marry me, there was someone out there that would, that really would. I created a whole big crazy situation. And then I just started thinking like, how many people, Lord, because we don't truly take the time out to get to know who the individual is, how many people, God, marry for the wrong reasons and stamp your name on it? Why are we lying on you, God? Why are we telling people that God put us together when the whole time it was us that put us together? Why do we do that? But then we want God to bless it. It's okay to repent. It's okay to confess. When we have dropped the ball. It's okay to say, God, I got it wrong. As a matter of fact, I believe, this is my personal opinion. I believe that that takes a lot more courage to confess when we've erred than to pump our chest out in pride And pretend like we've got it all together when we don't. I used to hate going to church. And I would be with this man. And I would watch how he would carry himself with everybody else. And my blood would be boiling. Because I'm like, you're giving your best to strangers. And you don't even know how to love your wife. It used to make me so angry on the inside. But I was so used to pointing the finger of what he was doing wrong and where he was falling short that I never took the time out to point the other four fingers back at myself. Because had I done that, maybe I would have been able to see myself clearly enough to know that I should not have been trying to be anybody's wife because I was still loving someone else who was emotionally unavailable to me. Had I just kept it 100. And I wish I would have kept it 100 because it would have saved me a whole lot of heartache and pain. And maybe that's one of the reasons why I do what I do now. Maybe one of the main reasons why I get on here and I talk on the podcast is not necessarily just because I'm waiting for my future husband to find me. Maybe it's because I hope and I pray that I can help someone not make the same mistakes that I did. The Bible talks about Not being anxious. To be anxious for nothing. But in all things through prayer and supplication. Make your requests known unto God. And according to the faith that works in us. He's going to take care of that. I'm paraphrasing the last part. However. 
when I look back in my younger years, at my younger years, what I recognize is that I was so anxious. I was anxious to be a wife. I was anxious to be a mother. I was anxious to be loved by a man. I was anxious for all the wrong reasons. When I literally should have just stood in my truth and confessed, I don't know me. I want to know who Teresa is before I connect with someone else. I don't want to bring anyone down. I want to build him up. I don't want to bring all of the extra, all of the unresolved issues into this relationship in expectation that he'll be the one to fix it. He's not God. Had I done that before I ever considered yoking up with someone, before I ever considered becoming someone's wife, things would have, I believe, been a whole lot smoother. And then the crazy part is, is that when I was dating the very person that I truly cared about, and he was saying, let's wait. I looked at that as rejection. Now I see it as protection. Because by telling me let's wait, even if I felt like I was ready, I should have respected him enough to know something with him is saying he's not ready. And when you love someone, it's really not about you. It's about making sure that they are at their best and they're better for it because you're a part of their life. I know that now. I didn't know that then, but neither did I take time out to get to know that. So I made so many mistakes along the way. And I would never encourage anyone who is in a marriage to divorce their spouse but what I would encourage you to do is that if you have not truly surrendered your relationship to God, if you have not confessed where you've erred and where you've sinned to God, then I would strongly encourage that you do that. Because I know that he has the power to turn any situation around for our good. But it takes a level of trust, trusting that his purpose, trusting that his will supersedes is far greater and worth trusting to allow him to do things the way that they should be done so that he gets the full glory. I learned it the hard way so that hopefully someone else will not have to. This concludes my podcast on tonight, but before I end, I always like to make sure I end it with a letter to my future husband. So this one is dated February the 3rd, 2021. 
and it says, Dear Future Hubby, Today, I found myself praying for the gift of longevity in my marriage, on my job, in my life. Truth be told, I don't believe I have ever sat still long enough to ask God for longevity. I guess a part of me felt like this was not my portion. Crazy, right? I remember being shocked when I saw the age of 30. Back then, so much had happened to me that I didn't believe that I would live to see age 30. Here I am now at age 47. And I know that it is only by God's grace. I am so glad that God's grace is sufficient for me and that I don't have to lean on my own understanding. I'm thankful that trusting God with all my heart is my portion. He has truly kept me even when I didn't feel worthy of being kept and when I didn't want to be kept. I pray that he is also keeping you. How about you? Have you asked God to bless our marriage with longevity? To restore everything the canker worm has stolen from you? From me? From us? To bless us indeed. To enlarge our territory. To place his hands on our marriage. To prevent the enemy from robbing us of our very best years together as husband and wife. I hope you are praying because I know that I am. I'm working on becoming the very best version of myself. However, can I be frank with you? Once the very best version of myself manifests, I want to spend quality time with her before meeting you, before courting you, before marrying you. I don't want to lose my true identity in you. Our union should be an extension of who I already am and vice versa. This is one of my desires. I love you. Love, Teresa. So I hope that y'all have a blessed and wonderful evening. Like I always say, please take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a good one.